0: Amen. Brother McDaniels told me to do whatever I wanted to do. Hallelujah. So that's just what I'm going to do, just what I want to do. Amen. I don't know what you got your teeth set for today. I don't know what uh, kind of flavor you're expecting to come out of the spout. But I do know one thing, there are some times that uh, when it comes, it's uh, not too good in the mouth, but it sure is good if you can get it down. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I have uh, enjoyed this camp meeting immensely. I have been helped and blessed and profited. God has been good. Hallelujah. We've rowed a few more days up the river toward that eternal shore, and we're that much closer now. And we've got that much more to worship Him for and glorify Him for. It ought to be that as the days increase, the volume on your praise continues to go up and up and up and up. It ought to be that your devotion burns hotter and more true the closer we get to coming to the Lord. But... It does say that in those days there's going to be some the love of many shall wax cold. Right. Amen. Cold. But I'm glad the only thing that will keep your heart from gathering solid wax is the hot fire of the gospel. Yes, sir. You. That's the only thing. If you can keep the hot fire of the gospel you don't have to worry about your love waxing cold. Amen. Men's love wax cold when they Get into the chill of indifference, the chill of compromise, amen, but I'm glad we're having a camp like we're having it, amen, well we've been preaching thus far on the influence of the ministry in your life for the last two days, we will deviate from that theme today, I feel something else on my heart. Matter of fact, I have changed my mind at least ten times this morning. I'm not sure if I'll get started on this. Matter of fact, just before I got up in the pew, there I changed it again. And uh, so here I am with a changed mind. But uh, I do want to again see that you're benefited. I'm not really interested whether that uh, you want to slap my back or something that was tasty, but I am interested that you get help. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to go to something that uh, I feel is very necessary, something that we need to pause and consider. We're living in a very fast-paced world. And if you're not real careful, you'll get so caught up in living that you'll run past everything that it needs to keep your life together. You just can't hurry and please God. No, you can't. If you're going to run through a prayer room for just five minutes, I'm sorry, I don't think you can get the job done in five minutes. We sometimes hurry through our worship, just a few little hand claps here and and one stanza of the song. But I, I feel like in the hour you're living now, if any time the praying and the worshiping ought to be a good load of the service, it ought to be now. Amen. Praise God. There are a lot of things that are trying for your heart, and sometimes we need to just throw out the anchor and stop a while. Let the light turn red. Put on the brakes. Pull over the side once again. Look at this thing from God's eye view. Amen. There's a lot of preaching today that is bypassing repentance. Yes, sir. Yes.
1: Right.
0: Not only repentance bypassed to the sinner, and there's no way you'll ever find God without repenting. Right. I mean, thoroughly repenting. I know people can get the Holy Ghost in their house, but they won't get it except they repent. And somebody said, you don't need to snot and slobber all over an altar for a week. Well, sometimes you might. That's
1: right. That's right. Amen.
0: If anything, I understand the condition that people have their lives in today. I know it doesn't take God long to give the Holy Ghost, but I do know this, that sometimes it takes a while for you to get that garbage out of your heart. Yeah, right. Amen. Amen. There is too much charismatic influence coming into Pentecostal ranks today. Too much. And one of those is that bypassing repentance. You cannot bypass repentance. Not only is repentance for those that just first come to God, but repentance is a way of life for all of us. You say, well, preacher, I don't have anything to repent for. Well, you got something already. You just lied. Hallelujah. There is, if there's anything that will cause confusion today, it is when a holiness church stands for what is right in the eyes of God and then just somewhere at closed hand is a so-called Pentecostal church that is praying them through by the droves and everybody knows that their standard is a million miles from where it needs to be jewelry televisions mustaches that's why I like to preach for Brother McDaniels you don't ever have to worry about leaving something out he'll help you (laughs) hallelujah pork chop
1: sideburns (laughs)
0: driver's kind of soup soup. you ain't expecting none of the (laughs) awesome oh my god And what causes confusion and good holiness-minded saints is, well, I don't understand. We sweat and give blood itself for every one we get. And they just open up the doors and strike up the band and they come crawling over the pews to get to the altar. i tell you what it is. It is not hard to get people to step over a small gap not hard if the difference between where they're at and where it looks like where they're supposed to be to get God is very very narrow a lot of people will step over that readily and quickly that's, right. that's why you can get droves to come shake a preacher's hand and that's why you can get droves to come and, and even kneel down an altar in a Pentecostal church that doesn't believe fat meat's greasy right. because the distance between where they're at and where it looks like the, the church is is very very narrow but when you spread that gap it means they got to back off and get a running start at it and
1: hope to God they can leap to the other side only the brave hearted will try then only those that are hungry sure enough for righteousness will give it a fall and give it a reach fall that's the reason and I'm telling you the further we get toward eternity sure the bigger this gap's going to get Amen,
0: amen. It doesn't befuzzle my mind that they'll step that little bitty short step. But when you get a holiness church, it means they got to back off and sure enough count the cost when they make that leap. Amen. Amen. Because it is a drastic change in living. Oh, God, help it to remain so among us. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I want to talk to you today about eternal matters. I want to stop you for a while. I want to slow you down in this fast pace. I know that uh, that's hard to get people to do. That's why there's not more people here in a Bible class. We have to admit that. It is so. I want you to listen to the words of the Apostle today in the book of Romans, the second chapter. If you will stand, please. Oh, God bless all of you that are here today. So many friends, ministers, and saints alike. May the good God of heaven Touch us with something today. And he'll take that special permanent marker and write something in our hearts. Something that will not wash away. Romans, the second chapter, listen to the words of the apostle. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, thou that judgest dost the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thankest thou this old man that judgest them which do such things, and thus the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. But after thy hardness and impotent heart treasureth up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. There's a lot of revelation teaching today. Some of that may be well and dandy. But it's time we had revelation, teaching of the righteous judgment of God. Hallelujah. I want you to look at verse 6. It's yours personally. Draw you a big circle around it. Write it down. Put it on your icebox. Glue it to your dash of your car. Put it in your billfold. Put it on your table. Who will render to every man according to his deeds. You may get by, friend, but you'll never get away. You may get by today, and you may get by tomorrow, but you hear me, you'll never get away with it. Who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor, and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first, and also the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile For there is no respect of persons with God. There is no respect of persons with God. There is a solemn, solemn warning here by the apostle. And he's telling them, you better be mighty careful how you live. Mighty careful let's pray Lord help us again today speak to our hearts lead us in the way you would have us to go God that we would get a stranglehold on truth to reach for you with all our hearts we need you at this hour more than we've ever needed you before guide your church your people in Jesus name we ask it Amen Amen God bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today on this subject, living life with few regrets. Living life with few regrets. The reason that I do not entitle that, living life with no regrets, is because I'd be preaching to you An impossibility. There is not an individual in this house today that will not reach the judgment seat with some regrets. But I want to inform you that you had better make them mighty, mighty, mighty few and very minor if you expect to gain heaven at all. There has only been one individual that ever did live in the flesh that lived life with no regret. And that was Jesus Christ himself. There was not one word that he ever spoke that was regrettable. There was not one thought that he ever let pass through his mind that he wished that he had not. There was not one action that was of consequence that he wished that he had not done so not one not one deed that he ever did but he always pleased the father which was in him for he was God almighty without guile and without sin he lived the only life free absolutely free of regret but you're not going to be able to do that you are going to have regrets but I want to inform you today, you had better make them very, very, very few, and they had better be very, very small, minor in magnitude. Let me tell you what a regret is. Now, let me first make this statement so that you get on base with me, so that you'll ride the same train that I'm riding, so we can walk down the same path together. What I'm thinking of in regards to regret is that I am not speaking of things that you regret that happened outside of your control. God will not judge you for that. If there are events that transpire that are outside any function or any control that you have, then God will not hold you responsible. That is not to your charge, but God most definitely is going to hold it your account. Everything that you have a guidance for, everything that is under your control and your government, God Almighty is going to hold you responsible for every word, every action, every deed, and every thought.
1: Yes, Yes, He is. Who shall render to every man
0: according to his deeds? And this is what
1: the Apostle Paul is trying to tell these Romans. He is saying, hold it, stop a minute. He said there is something that you cannot get around. There is something that
0: is just up the road that you cannot bypass. There is something
1: just a little ways from you. For some, maybe a heartbeat. For some, just a few yards. For others, just a few days. But he said there's something that all of us are going to have to face, and that is going to have to face God Almighty.
0: At the judgment seat one day, he said, You can't bypass that. You can't go
1: around it. You can't climb over it. You can't dig under it. You don't have an airplane that can fly you away. We're all on a fast train to judgment seat today and he said since you're going to have to go and you are yes Yes, you are just as sure as you're sitting here just as sure as you're breathing God's good air right now in a little while you will appear before him that has eyes in the flame of fire that his mouth cometh sharp two edged sword his hair white as wool his feet as burning brass the righteous judge of all the earth
0: you will appear before him you will you can't bypass that. And Paul said, he
1: said, since you're going to have to go, wouldn't it be wise? Wouldn't it make good sense to right now, before you get to the judgment bar, and have to relive your life again before God Almighty and answer for every word and answer for every deed and answer for everything that you've ever done? And then get there and regret what you've done a million times over. Wouldn't it be better now, hallelujah, to do it right the right way and be God in peace? That makes good sense, doesn't it? Don't come running up to judgment day living life helter-skelter. Wishy-washy. Anyway you please, and get there and find out you regret this and you regret that and you regret that a million times over to
0: find out you can't be saved. You got too many regretful things, <coughs> wouldn't it? Yes, sir. And I'm trying to talk to you the same way today. Pull over the side, man. Hey, sir, pull over the curb, a minute. Now stop and consider. Yes, sir. Let's come to that place in the Bible where that word sealer appears. That means pause and consider. That's what that word means. Sela. Stop. Ponder a while. Think on it. You'd be so much better if you could ever learn in every major decision. In every act of life, if you could look past right now, look past what it'll get you today, look past what it'll get you tomorrow, look past what it'll get you next week, and look way out there past the endless ages at the judgment seat of God and see how you can face God with what you're fixing to do. Yeah. amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Don't get there with too many regrets. That's what Paul's trying to do, stop them.
1: Caution them before they put too much on the paper. Before they've said too much. Before they've done too much. Yeah. Before they thought too many wrong things. Before they've made too many wrong decisions. He's telling them early, and I'm telling us today the same thing. Pause and consider. You're going to face God with every deed you've done.
0: Oh, foresight is so much more profitable than hindsight. Hindsight can't do you much good. But foresight can so be a benefit and an enabler to help you live for God if you can lift up your eyes and look toward the hills from which cometh your help. If
1: you can look beyond today and look beyond next week and look beyond where you're at right now and realize in a little while I'll face God Almighty with what I'm going to say, with what I'm going to do and I want to meet Him in peace.
0: Let me tell you what a regret is. Regret means to think of with a sense of loss the feeling of being sorry for some fault, act, or omission of one's own. To narrow it down a little bit more, regret is simply a bad choice grown old. A regret has
1: that terrible insinuation it didn't have to be this way. It could have been different. It didn't have to panned out this way but because of my own action but because of my own deeds I'm in this fix. That's what a regret is. You've heard the old proverb you made married you back. Now you're going to have to lie in it. Of your own making, of your own choice, you are the pilot of your own ship. You are the airline captain of your own plane. You are the own trailblazer of your own future. Do you hear me? And God Almighty is going to hold you responsible for every twist and turn, for every navigation aid that you ever made.
0: Oh, don't forget that. Get it down in your heart today that there's a God that's going to meet us all in a little while and He's going to make me answer for every deed done in the flesh. Amen. Amen. How would you feel today if you knew that I held in my hand right now a book And instead of him alone here, it had your name in bold print. And beginning at page one is your birth. The whole story of your life. Not as somebody else sees it, not even as you would have it written down, but the real you. The real thoughts, the real intents, and the real motives. Everything was just like it really was. Don't be mistaken, friend. God Almighty has got it all pinned down. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face we shall be known even as we are known. How would you feel if I picked it up and it had your name on it? You knew I had your life story right here and begin to read. Begin to read your most intimate thoughts the deeds that you've done when you were by yourself, the things you daydreamed about, the things you pondered alone only by yourself, it's all in the book. Every last line, every last word, every last adjective and verb, every noun and pronoun written down. Would you begin to squirm as I turn the pages to look into your face Would you want to come running when I got to maybe a certain page, 95? Of a certain experience, a certain time, would you want to rip that page away? Would you want to shield my eyes from it that I would not read? Would you feel embarrassment? Would you feel fear? Would you fear shame that there my eyes would read the real, intimate you—the thing that you really are? Would you want to rip the pages away? Would you want to tear the book out of my hand? Oh, if me a stranger that couldn't do one thing to you that wouldn't make any difference whatsoever what I thought about it. if I read your real life if it was just me and it made you twist and squirm what on the world are you going to do when you face God Almighty he that is a righteous judge of all the earth and he reads your life for what you really are oh God if I can put anything in our hearts today it is be real brother be real be
1: real in God be real in your worship be real in your re- be real in your devotion be real with God be true to the Lord himself Uh, if anything I can caution you be real be genuine for the they certainly will come when you will is there regrettable pages is there regrettable consequences is there things that you would to God it was not there those are regrets and are you willing to face God right now with those regrettable consequences oh that's why I'm glad there's still an altar for saints that's why I'm glad there's still an altar hallelujah for repentance and a place for you to make things right with God before you get there
0: that's what is so delightful about one aspect of this because before i came to god every page is now blank all white sheets every dirty deed every foul thing every crummy joke every lie every bit of fornication all that was written there that dripped of filth and iniquity God took his blood and
1: washed it all away. Never to be remembered again when you repented of your sin and was baptized in the name of the Lord for the remission, hallelujah, of those sins. They're blank pages now.
0: Oh, but let me tell you, hear me. He's not writing to sinners. He is
1: writing to the church. He is writing. Let me tell you that when God wiped the slate clean when you were filled with the Holy Ghost he again put the chalk in your hand and what's written on that blackboard now is what you have written there.
0: Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. Oh, I'm talking about living life with few, few regrets. Oh, Hallelujah. There are some things, friend, that once done, it becomes forever chiseled in stone. It becomes put down like it was when the Jews went to Pilate and said, hey, you wrote, he's the king of the Jews. Don't write that. Write down that he said he was the king. And Pilate said, what is written is written. It will stand. Don't ever mistake the fact that what's written is written. It won't be read any other way than what you lived it either. What is written is written. God Almighty will never write it down until you make the final decision on it. As long as it's in your hand and you've got the power of choice over it, you can either put it to the left or to the right. You can lay it down here. Or you can lay it down there right now. It's in your power what you're going to do. The decision is yours, but as soon as you make the decision, and as soon as you set it down, it stays right there, brother. That's the way that it is written. And that thing, time will show whether that it was something that was done in the light of God's will, something that was pleasing and beneficial to the kingdom of God, or will it be a terrible, regretful deed that to God you wished you had done it another way?
1: That's what a regret is, don't you understand? It's not something that that just had to be that way. A regret means it could have been different. And to every man that stands before the judgment seat of God. I'm telling you. He'll have to understand. I didn't have to go to hell. I didn't have to be lost. The hell is full of regret, regret, regret. Because I didn't have to be here.
0: Hallelujah. Oh, if somehow I could pull you up to the door that separates the judgment seat of God. No, I wouldn't want you to have a keyhole view. That wouldn't be needed if I could just get you to put your ear against the door that separated the throne of God at judgment day and let you hear. What do you think you would hear? Oh, yes, there'd be some hallelujahs. There'd be some glories to God as those on the right, the sheep are entered into the fold. Yes, they would, but you wouldn't hear them. No, you wouldn't. No judgment day time, my friend, will not be a time that you'll hear the courses of the saved and the redeemed. For their voices will be entirely flooded out. Their voices will be drowned
1: out by a cry of humanity, of a cry that is swelling into heaven, that is crying, "I regret the way well I lived. Yeah. We're damned without hope and without God forever. And I am my own ship's captain." That got me here.
0: You got the steering wheel, buddy. You better be careful which wire on the road you take. Hallelujah. I'm talking about living life with few regrets. Oh, one time you had the power over it. It could have been different. It could have went here instead of there. But because you didn't look to eternity, you made the wrong choice. There's your answer. Don't you understand? That's what he's telling them. He says, don't look for what it'll get you right now.
1: Don't look for what it'll bring you at this moment. But get you a pedestal somewhere and look over today and look over tomorrow and look past next weekend, next year and look a thousand years from now and look at the throne of God and see if you'll be pleased with your decision. Then, brother. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? There will be no more regrettable consequences. Nobody will be any more tormented in hell than if it were that any of you that are sitting on these pews are to be lost. Oh, that's so for you've kissed the very door of heaven sitting under an able ministry of a gospel preacher if you're lost you will feel the volume of hell with such magnitude of regrettable screaming that you regret you regret you regret you better be very few very very minor regrets I don't know where it was that Esau died. What a privileged man he could have been. The birthright was his by inheritance. It was. The Bible should have stated if that was, if it had been according to birth, it should have stated Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But it says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Esau scratched away. And the name of Jacob superimposed over a regrettable man's life. That had, listen, he wasn't a heathen friend. He was born into this. Into the very line of Jesus Christ himself. That's where he was. Oh, let me talk to the young people here just a minute. Some of you ain't never known nothing but Pentecost. Pentecost. Some of you ain't never known nothing but raised on a Pentecostal pew. But so help me, God, if you don't take advantage of the glorious privilege that God has granted to you. The most terrible regret you'll ever have is that you've bored into this and missed God.
1: I don't know where it was that Esau died. But I know one thing, he didn't die easy, brother. I believe that on that deathbed he wallowed and he sweated down the sheets with his perspiration. I believe he dug up double handfuls of his pillow. And squirmed until his wife stood by the bedside and his children and said, Daddy, where are you hurting? Daddy, oh, is it that painful? But he wasn't dying from just an immortal pain of the body. In his heart there was a black regret that was rising on the inside of him that he had had the privilege of the firstborn and sold it for naught. He died kicking. That day, that day is all that flooded his mind when he came in from the field with that deer slung
0: across his shoulder. And there was Jacob sitting, stirring that pot of lentils. There was nothing wrong. God did not charge, he saw in his request. God did not charge him wrongly. It was only correct and proper, I believe, that a hungry brother would ask another brother for something to eat. God didn't charge him with that. It wasn't that he wanted something to eat that God wrote him off. He said, give me some lentils, Jacob. Jacob had other ideas about this little deal. He said, I will. I'll give you one bowl of beans, brother, for your birthright. That has been the most remarkable thing that's written in the pages of that book. A birthright that meant the lineage of Jesus Christ a birthright that meant all the glory and honor and inheritance of the father that a man would hold out one plate of beans and say I'll trade you that if it had been in my mind that I wanted to take that away from Esau I'll tell you what I've done if I wanted to even try to get it from his head I'd went and liquidated everything
1: I had and then I'd sign promissory notes for hundreds of dollars a month for the rest of his life if he'd just let me have it something that valuable but Jacob knew his brother he knew he despised it. Don't tell me you're in love with God and can't be here when the church doors are open. Don't tell me you love God when it's prayer time and you can't be in a prayer closet. Don't tell me that you're in love with the Lord and cannot do what God asked you to do. Don't tell me that when it's worship time and you can't worship. Hallelujah. You sighed for naught. No
0: And he did. He sold it to him. And when that plate of beans passed over, the choice was then made. He set it down, brother. He took the birthright. He could have hugged it to his bosom and said, you talk like a foolish man, Jacob. I'll go hungry today. But he put it down. He said, here, take it. What good is it? And despised his birthright. And when the consummation of that deal was finished and the beans was in his mouth, beans that you could have had Monday, beans you could have had Tuesday,
1: beans you could have had 10 times a day if you wanted, beans that was in the the storehouse, sacks full of them, beans, 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 you could have had any time, any place, anywhere, that when he put those beans in his mouth, God Almighty, amen, raced out his name, hallelujah, and said, Jacob, I love but he saw hate, I'm telling you, there are some things you can do that will make the very good God of heaven hate and detest you. Yeah. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you like to be in his shoes in the evening time of his life when the curtains were drawn and death came walking in, tightening down the valve until life was extinguished? He forgot about all the good times. He forgot about all the peace. He forgot about all of his children. He forgot about everything for one huge, enormous regret rose up in his life and tormented him. And in hell today, don't you ever forget it. Esau is climbing the very slick walls with fire and is regretting to this day that he had it in his hand and it could have been different. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Let me again talk to you young people. Sow you wild oats and you can find God anytime, huh? You better read Esau's testimony. Go ahead and walk out the doors and have your little fill of life, and then you can come running home to God before and make everything all right and still go to heaven. You better read the life of Esau for the Bible said he sought carefully with tears he turned over every rock he pushed aside every table he lifted up the carpet he sought carefully in every corner
1: he put it in every closet he sought carefully ran his hands up and down the walls but the Bible said he found no place of repentance said I can repent any time no you can't you can't even come to God except the father in heaven draw you
0: hallelujah I regret I regret I used to keep a little poem in my other bible I have just recently had to buy a new one But it said something like this. I spoke with you today, all three. The ardent boy you used to be, the man you now are, and the man you might have been. You gonna to have to face that at July Still with me today? Hallelujah. The saddest words of men pen are simply these. It might have been. It just might have been. It could have been. Saul was another one that was privileged. Oh, yes, he was. Head and shoulders. But on the day that he died, again, regret was the overwhelming thing in him. For he let jealousy steal his kingdom and he let disobedience remove him from his God. You will regret, if you ever regret anything, it will be disobedience. For it is better to obey than to sacrifice. You can pray all you want to pray in that prayer room, but until you've done what the preacher has said, you'll never get right with God. Hallelujah. Yes, even Moses ended up at the last day. Even Moses with regret. After all that he had went through, God led him to a mountaintop and let him view all the land. Oh, how Moses wanted to go. Oh, how he wanted to. But God said, Moses, I can't let you. For your anger made you get in a wrong place with me.
1: There was a day Moses' mind drifted back to when he looked over in that promised land. Back to the day when God Almighty said, speak to the rock, Moses. And Moses, because he was wrought, picked up his staff and struck that rock. God did give the water.
0: He did do it. But when Moses struck that rock, the first one was struck in the will of God. The second one was to be spoken to. Because it was a type of Jesus Christ to have been smitten only one time. Moses messed up a beautiful type of God Almighty. A beautiful type of salvation that Jesus Christ was to have been smitten once and then was to have been spoken to. And that was why that God said I can't let you go Moses. Oh, if there's anything that is hard to control, it's anger, and you know it so, because anger doesn't want to give you any
1: time. It doesn't want to give you time to pause and consider. It's something that comes roaring out like a flood and catches up your hand and puts your hand to a staff, and before you know what happened in a split second time, you have committed error.
0: thing to have done Moses if you could have just somehow in the midst of that lifting that rod in the midst of because the people had made you angry that if you could have stopped and looked beyond their heads and looked beyond
1: amen all that was there and looked way past and looked out at eternity Moses you would have put it back to your side and have done different
0: you'll regret hot words spoken quickly in anger if there's ever a time you needed neology you needed when your face turns flush red He said but you don't know what he did to me I don't care what he did to you it's not what he did to you to get you lost it's while you respond to what he did to you
1: you'll have to answer for what he did but you will have to answer to how you responded to what he did
0: I'm talking about living
1: life with few regrets. I'm trying to pull us over the curb for a little while today and say, pause and consider, say, we're going to meet God in a little while.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, wouldn't it be much wiser instead of living life haphazardly with no regard for eternity, making all the decisions and then get all the way to the other end of life and look back and exclaim, my God, what a mess I've made of things. Would it be much wiser at every point to stop and look to eternity, to look to the will of God and make your choice? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord today. Praise God, praise God. Oh, God, we're on the eternal footpath today to meet you in a little while. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As much as you'd like to, if you ever leave this world, there'll be no rewriting your history. But as a tree falleth, so shall it lie. If you want anything changed, you better change it now. Yes, sir. Right. If there are any regrettable episodes, and let me throw this into you, time does not erase wrong. Time is not a redeemer. Time is not a sanctifier. Time cannot change wrong. If it was done 40 years ago, and you have not effectively repented, it still stands on the book fresh as it was when you did it. Time does not eradicate wrong. It may be out of sight and out of mind, but not out of God's record, friend, until you
1: repent. If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father who is just and faithful to forgive if, if, if we confess our sin. Hallelujah. That's all the way, the blood. To get rid of regrettable
0: consequences. Oh, I pray you don't tarry too long with things that are too far back in the book for you to remember.
1: Hallelujah. That's why the Bible said, don't you let the sun go down on your wrath. Because you may not be here in the morning to make it right.
0: Hallelujah. Let me tell you, the hardest things in life to change, really, the hardest things about ourselves to really get the victory over is our life's patterns. Once you get a track record of doing a certain thing, that is the hardest thing in the world to get bulldozed out of you. Once you start skipping church, it's hard in the world to get that kind of business out of somebody when they get a track record of it. I've seen revivals where the same bunch comes back and prays through every time. Every time, every time. Two weeks later they go and they got a track record of it for years and years and years. I doubt they'll ever be
1: saved. Very doubtful. Very doubtful. Hardest things to change are your
0: life patterns. Somebody said, "Well." Uh, the reason, I, I've just got a quick anger, I'm a little bit hot headed, I know that that's just me, that doesn't okay
1: anything, that doesn't make it okay, can I remind you, it just used to be you that put a double hopper down your mouth it just used to be you that sucked on lucky stripes, it just used to be you that adulterated and a fornicated it just used to be you that told
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let me, in the pausing here just a moment, tell you some things you'll never have to regret. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to even pause and consider You'll never have to worry and regret about godliness. You won't have to ever regret being godly. You'll never have to regret kindness. No, you won't. You'll never have to regret that you were kind. You'll never have to regret purity. You'll never have to regret truth. You'll never have to regret those things, but every work of the flesh you will regret if you give them leeway. Hallelujah. Oh God, there are some things that you had better climb way up the ladder and look over before you make the decision. There are some things right now that'd be better for you to suffer for a while than have to regret e- eternally. the wrong choice. It'd be better that you get mud rubbed in your face and have to endure for a while some things than it is to make a wrong choice and regret it forever. You'll regret being dishonest. You'll regret little white lies. Whoever come up with that little, little white lies, there ain't no such thing as a little white lie. They're all big, black, and ugly. you will, you will regret you will regret not speaking right you will regret not taking a stand for truth you will I want you to draw your attention to a man that the Bible made an example of choices throughout his life and this man chose most every choice wrong he turned every avenue the wrong direction His name was Lot. Ever notice in your Bible how many choices is made in there? He makes choice after choice after choice after choice. And most all but the first one and that was when he followed Abraham, the righteous man, was the only good choice he ever made in his life. You'll never regret having followed after a righteous man. But then his track record goes bad. For the day came when That after he had pitched his tent toward Sodom. And the day came when that there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. That Abraham being the generous and Abraham being always the peacemaker. He told Lot, he said, let's don't let there be any strife between me and you. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, there's no use since our cow hands are getting at odds with each other. Some of our foremans have a different way of raising cattle than maybe yours do. Said, I'll tell you what, let's just separate the herds and that'll end all that. You just choose what part of the country you want and I'll take what's left and that'll take care of that. It was never mentioned by Abraham that Lot was to leave where he was at. It doesn't say that. He just said, separate the herds. But Lot pulled up stake pegs and took his cattle to the plains of Sodom and dwelt there. He left that mountaintop with the only
1: man that had an altar in the world. He separated himself from the righteous that day and went to Sodom and then a little later his dwelling in Sodom actually becomes a high prestigious man in
0: Sodom. That was his choice to do that. He chose every bit of that. He chose to leave the only place in the world where there was knowledge of God and an altar that, that there was worship to the Lord. I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't
1: $5 more an hour worth it, bub. Amen. There ain't $10 an hour more worth it, do you have it? to leave the place of the righteous and the holy and go without God. I'm telling you, the first consideration in your man ought to be the church, the church, the church, the church. If i got to stay here and beg for bread, I'll do it, but I'm going to be saved.
0: I'm talking about living life with few regrets. You better be careful how you make choices. And so he dwelt in Sodom. And when he got in Sodom, because that he had pulled his daughters off from fellowship with men that knew God, all they had, and you might as well just forget it, girls are going to be girls and boys are going to be boys. And what they got to rub shoulders with is what they're going to look at. They left the godly mountain. They left Abraham's side and all his daughters had for husband material was sodomites, perverts, homosexuals. Yes, that's right. I can't think of any more putrid, low down than to realize that thing that knocks on the door that would carry his daughter out that night is a perverted sexual deviant that's what he let them do yes he did for that's what they married. There'd be night times when one of those daughters might come to the door early in the morning and say, Daddy, Daddy Joseph didn't come home last night. Do you think you can go find him? And he knew where he was and he put his clothes on down through those streets and into that that bar, that place where the lights were low and the smell of filth. That had been bad enough to find that son-in-law
1: wrapped arm in arm with another woman, but to find him in a booth with another man is more than I think I can take. That's what he had to drag out of there and carry home his daughter. But don't you ever forget, she would not have been there if Lot would have stayed where he's supposed to have stayed. It's one thing to go to hell for yourself, daddy, but it's another thing to take your children with you.
0: And so God sent angels. Oh, the graciousness of God. Thank God. But Lot, I can't imagine that. When angels said, let's go, hurry!" Lot chose to tarry. Chose to tarry. Oh, if there are those of you in this building today that don't know God, and God has moved on your heart, don't you tarry? If need be, you come running now to this altar and seek God. But don't you, tarry. just as sure as the auctioneer, when the hands go up, going once, going twice. And when he gets to soul, friend, that's the end of the bidding. And don't you ever think, I know God may knock five times. He may knock 50 times. But I'm telling you, there is a time when God will never knock again. Some of you got in on the last knock. You won't know that till you get on the other side. But you're going to learn you got in on the very last knock. Hallelujah. And then when they finally did start to go, the angel said, don't look back. That's the command. I think the way they went up that hillside that day, at least it's in my mind. We'll find out one day, but I think it's probably right. I think the two daughters were out front. Then there was Lot's wife, and then there was Lot being the man he would normally take the back His back to the danger. His back to the trouble. That'd be the manly place in that possession up that hillside. The daughters out front, the mother, and then Lot. And up that hillside they went with angels bearing them. And he watched the wife of his bosom. He watched that one that he'd been with all those years. Turn her head and look back. And when she did, instantly... She changed to a pillar of salt, and Lot had to step around that solidified statue and make his own way. You think he slept well that night? Realizing that if he had never went there in the first place, his wife would have still been flesh and blood. Judge Lot's wife for what you will. I know she did wrong. But she had never would have been there. Do you hear me? If Lot would have stayed where he was supposed to have stayed. Right.
1: And then, oh God
0: okay. And then, when the curtain finally draws on Lot. The last party, when God writes him out of this book, I can't think of any more terrible way for God to have written the last things about a man's life than what he did about Lot. The last mention of Lot in Genesis,
1: the last writing of his life was, it said, and his daughters were with child by their father.
0: I can't think of anything any more low and detestable than that for a man to have relations with his own daughter. I said I can't think of anything any more detestable sorrier and devil like for a man to have relations with his own daughter but he did that's how the book closed it out do you think when God stands lot before him on that day dear God in heaven they'll regret they'll regret they'll regret there are parts of life you better be very careful how you live it. You better throw up a defensive screen about some areas of your life and hold them at all costs. Because the day's coming you're going to have to face God. One of the saddest refrains of the Bible is, my own vineyard I have not kept. Somebody get for me Ecclesiastes tonight, Chapter, please. Let me throw this in today just for a moment. I have adopted a new philosophy of life and that is you better enjoy what God has given you and enjoy it to the hill he came to give you life and life more abundantly not less let me speak to every parent in the building today one of the most natural things for us to do because we are close with each other is not to get all enjoyment out of each other that you need to. Let me tell you something right now. You'll never regret taking your youngins up with a few hugs and kisses. But you hear me. The day might come to God you wished you could. To live life so fast. Look. To all the evangelists that are here. You take it from me. No matter how hard pressed you are. to Take time with your family. Pull over for a while. Take your kids fishing. Take your daughter for a walk. Be with your family. If God ever wanted anything. He wanted a family together. A church is never any stronger than what its individual families are. But today may come when you can't take that, that one and set it back on your knee anymore. For you don't know what tomorrow holds. And what you'll regret if you regret anything, you won't regret the money part. What you're going to regret is the kisses and hugs and the little talks. Take time. Ecclesiastes, the wise man, he wrote verse 7. Read that for me, please. Chapter 9. Go thy way. Go thy way. Eat, thy bread with joy. Eat thy bread with joy. Listen, life's too short. Life's too short to be full of, of nothing but grumbling and griping In hell on earth.
1: I said life's too short for that brother. Get a little smile on your lips every once in a while. Live life for a while. Be happy. For it's joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. And full of glory. Live life.
0: What else did it say? Oh, drink thy wine with a merry heart. Yes. Read on. For God now accepteth thy works. For God now thy works. Read on. Let thy, garments be always white. Let thy garments always be white. Oh let thy head lack no Get all the glory and the touch of God You can get when you come to church
1: Don't lack any ornament I mean get after it brother What makes your life worth living Is leaping for joy for a while Running in the aisles and loving God I mean get into it Get a hold of it And love God or you'll regret You wasted service after service Don't let your head lack any anointing God's got it for you You don't need to be dispressed and despondent and down. Get some glory in your life. Get some goodness in your soul. Let God bless you.
0: Read on. Live joyfully with thy wife wife, whom thou lovest all the the days. Life of thy vanity. vanity. That means it's just that short. Just and it's gone yes all the days of thy vanity for that is thy portion in this life, thy in this life. And yes thank God take time to smell the roses I'm going to say it again take time to smell the roses take time Smell the roses.
1: That's
0: why as a church you ought to see it to every church that's represented here that you see to it as a church you take up a goodly sum and send that pastor and his wife on vacation. If anybody ever needed time, a man that has spent his time with your family, a man has spent time with your trouble. If he doesn't watch it, he cuts his own family out of so much life. You take up a goodly sum and say, "Hey, listen, Pastor, we can get around around here without you. That is for a couple of weeks. Is that all right?" Oh, don't forget that. Take time. Smell the roses. Thank God. Let me close today by letting my imagination run just a moment. I think it could have happened. Could have been that after the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord, there could have been a little gathering after that now it was well known who He was. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. That God Almighty had been robed in flesh, that there were men that were standing, three men, as it were, in a group, one man with joy in his voice says, "Oh, he said, "I'm so glad. I'm so happy about the time." that I looked out my window and there came some men that untied a little coat at my hitching post, and I ran the door and threw open the screen
1: door and said, "What are you men doing?"
0: And they just looked at me and said, The Master hath need of him. And I knew they meant Jesus. I'm so glad that when they said that I let him have it, I'm glad that I turned it over to him. Oh, when I go now and look at that little donkey in the stall, I remember that triumphant entry where they laid down their coats and the palm leaves and Hosanna to the name of him that comes in the name of the Lord. I'm so glad for that day. Another one said, I know how you feel. He said, for one day I was getting water out of a well and had it on my head and going home. And when I stepped in the door, a man touched my shoulder and said, Sir, you have an upper room, don't you? He said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And he said, it's furnished, isn't it? He said, yes. He said, well, we're going to be needing it tonight. And he said, well, who are you that you need it? He said, the master had need of it. And I knew they meant Jesus. I'm so glad that it was there that they had that last supper, it was there, that he took the towel and and wiped their feet, it was there, they sang the last hymn, it was there, they broke the bread, and I walk into that place now, and everything about it is precious, this is where the Lord, last was, last supper. Another one, his eyes are downcast, tears run from his face, and they say, well, what's wrong with you? He said, yes, I also knew him, but my story is not as pleasant. For there was a day that at my inn door there came a knock and when I opened the door there was a tired and bedraggled man holding the reins to a beast of burden and upon that donkey was a woman heavy in labor her eyes bloodshot and weary from travel and the man looked at me with eagerness and said, sir, do you have room? Do you have a place? My wife is already in labor. Actually, there was a place. You don't hardly ever find a motel that doesn't have, especially on holiday festivities because it's those days the best rooms are kept for merchants that pay well. They expect that room. They come often. This man didn't look like he had enough money to even buy the lowest room. Sorry, sir, we're all full. No room.
1: Started to push the door shut and he took his big head and pushed back, but sir, my wife, she's going to have a child in a little while. Surely you have something. Okay, all right, just to get him off my back. Okay, there's a manger out there. If you can use that, just go try that. I'm a busy man.
0: A manger. I know what all the little pictures show, but I'm a country boy. Mangers don't look like that. Mangers don't have sweet-smelling hay and everything nice and pretty. I'm telling you what mangers look like. There's cow droppings. There's green flies. There's smell. There's stink. A despicable place for the king. That's where he sent him. He could have had his best, but he sent him to his worst. And It was there that the angels came over those shepherds by night and said, Behold, in Bethlehem. And you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. May listen earnestly. What's the address? And lying in a manger. A manger? You mean... You don't mean a manger. Not the King of kings. The Lord of lords. The God of the heavens. Not in a marble palace, but not even in the finest suit. Not even in the finest house in the inn. But in a cattle stall. And he looked at them and said, He could have had my best. But I gave him my worst. You will regret the accommodations you give God Almighty if you don't give him the best of your life. The best of your hand clapping. The best of your praise. The best of your breath. The best of your heartbeats. The best of your money. If you don't give him the best of everything you got, there will come the day you will regret you gave him lower accommodations. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Take residence in this tabernacle. Ha. Every eye closed, please. Would you stand, please, reverently to the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would someone come to the instruments, please? Hallelujah. If God deserves anything in your life, He deserves the best. He deserves the best of the flock. That's what God told them. Lamb without spot, without blemish. The most handsome sacrifice you can bring. For this is just your reasonable service. Some of you are trying to give God something second place. But my Bible said that he might receive the preeminence in all things. Isn't he worthy of that? The day is going to come. The day is going to come when you stand before that magnificent throne that eyes have never seen. Majesty of the God of the heavens. Streets around the throne, shimmering like a rainbow.
1: Around it all those four and those winged beasts, the cherubim.
0: The Bible said, with wings they cover their face. With two wings they cover their feet. And with two wings they did fly. He that is so holy their eyes cannot behold him. They feel so lowly in His sight, they cover up their feet with their other wings. And we'll stand before God Almighty in a little while. I want Him to know He's had the best of my life. Ring me out like a sponge, God. Take everything. Paul said that I would spend and be spent. Hallelujah. Thank God. There are many in this building today that have left home and land. I think today of Brother Wheeler and Sister Wheeler that have left the confines of of this fellowship distant and lonely to preach to faces that are so different. But Jesus said there's not one man ever left house and home that in the world to come. Will not be rewarded hundreds, hundred times old. but you will regret if you hold back from the Lord. Would you make a solemn dedication with me today? There's an old song. It says, "I owe it all to Jesus. To Him I owe." I owe it all, every bit of it, all to him I owe. Do you feel that way? Would you lift your hands today and love him? I owe him my next breath. You're going to receive the best that I can give. Oh,
1: Lord, I come withholding nothing. And I
0: have but one desire. Oh, praise God, praise God. All
1: I have is on the altar. And-